Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host Tom on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey, episode 382 of Rams Up here. This is what we're going to do this episode. Sunday morning, I had Paul Walia on board, and we posted on the YouTube channel the results of that discussion. Paul's Puka Power Prospects, a bunch of day three sleeper prospects that he wanted to talk about going into the combine. This episode, we're going to get through the guys on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll follow that up in the next episode with the offensive players, the guys on offense that Paul really likes. All day three prospects, much like Puka Nakua was, Kyron Williams, Quentin Lake, a bunch of other guys. Now, you can watch the whole thing on the YouTube channel, augment it with some videos, encourage you to do that, or you can listen here and listen tomorrow to sequential podcasts covering the same content, Paul's Puka Power Prospects. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I have Paul Walia back, and, you know, we did our mock draft the other day. Paul made all the picks, and we're just ready to go with the, the NFL draft prospects, and Paul wanted to come back on and share his Puka Power Prospects. How you doing, Paul? Fantastic, fantastic. Always love to uh, talk football with you. Okay, explain to everybody what your Puka Power Prospects are. So um, I always, I've always been a fan of the day three part of the draft, finding those players that might be underappreciated, not getting too much love on you know on the draft circuit. So um, and we saw how Puka just sort of. Uh, shock the world and let everyone know it doesn't matter where you're drafted it's what you bring to the table so i I wanted to do a segment about a a certain number of players that i have the criteria is pretty straightforward have to be a a day three prospect officially so what i did is i went over five different databases calculated the um, average draft position so they had to be lower than 101 so if the okay. average draft position came out lower than 101, they were included on the list. We did lose two, two of the plays that were on this list. The first was Kyrie Jackson. I'll, I'll shout him out right now. Big physical corner that I, I just loved. Transfer from Alabama to Oregon. He got moved up. He's averaging now like 83. So 
that was one. And one of the players that we talked about, also another corner, um, um, I'm sorry, safety, Javon Bullard. He actually got moved up, and he's like at 63 now, which is amazing. So we lost him off our list as well. And the edge rusher out of UCLA, he was kind of on the fence, right? We dropped him at the last second. So yeah, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Murphy. Gabriel Murphy, other side of Latu. He started out uh, a day three prospect, but now he is a solid day two prospect. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go through this. We're going to start with uh, one particular favorite of yours. Then we'll walk through some uh, defensive guys and we'll wrap it up with the offensive guys. If we don't get to the offensive guys this episode, we'll save it for another one. We'll see how long this takes. So your first guy, uh, who do you want to talk about? So, um, So I just want to preface everything by saying that after the combine, as you know, we'll definitely see players on this list or other players um, become identified, become valued. And then what we'll do is have another segment after the combine and we will update this list. So this will be great. So it'll be very, very useful for Ram Nation. I did try to keep each player, because uh, this is a Ram podcast, is that how does it fit within the Ram scheme of things and the viability of them being drafted by the Rams? So, and there is a definite flavor that you're going to see a definite trend across all these players uh, that will show my biases. The Mark is well aware of, um, but um, I really do love those type of players that are those um, hard workers, team captains, just like uh, the Rams value. I like the multi-year starters, um, the ones that have a great story, you know, overcame a lot of adversity. Um, So. Let's take a look, and let's start with my favorite high-velocity Vasi, Sione Vaki from Utah. Okay, tell us about him. So Sione Vaki is one of my favorite players. He is a very unique player. He is a uh, a player that's unique in this respect. He's not a Swiss Army knife, and I don't like really like that term when they apply it to him because he's more than that. He do he does many things well. He is a legitimate three-phase player. What does that mean? He impacts all three phases of the game. So let me just give you a little bit of a summary on a Sione Vaki. And let me start by saying shout out to our Polynesian Ramley members uh, and to their rich and robust culture. So uh, first off, Sione Vaki, I mean, this is just a rocked up player. They have him listed as six, uh, six feet, 215. He's from Northern California. Um, great trivia fact, he backed up Najee Harris while he was at high school at running back, and he also was invited to the Polynesian Bowl uh, when he was a high school uh, player. The Polynesian Bowl is an annual high school football all-star game. They hold it out at Aloha Stadium every January, and it features many of the top high school seniors in the country. Uh, Most are of Polynesian ancestry. So he is, uh, he plays for Utah. And just to give you just a little bit of a summary in terms of his stats. So in terms of his 22 and 23 stats, defensively, 40 tackles in 22, 50 tackles in 23, uh, five passes defended in both years, um, two sacks in 23 and an interception in 23. He was mainly used as a box defender. Um, he did spend a little bit of time as a single high defender and, but also jumped down into the slot and covered tight ends. He was very effective in the slot. He, where he could be really physical 
and where he could also close quickly on runners near the line of scrimmage. Showed uh, great uh, toughness and great blitzing ability. But here's where it gets interesting. In 23, he also had 42 carries because the running back position was hit hard by injuries uh, at Utah. 42, uh, 42 carries, 317 rushing yards. His average was 7.5 yards a carry mark. His longest run was 75 yards. Okay, as a receiver, 11 receptions, 203 yards. Mark, what was his average? 18 and a half yards a reception. 18 and a half. And he took three to the house. Okay, so not only is this a player that brings a lot of intangibles to the table, but he is tough as nails. He is a heat-seeking missile. He impacts the game on the field offensively, defensively, and as special teams. He's able to cover kicks. He is also a returner, so a kickoff returner as well as punt returner. Um, you know, what else is there to say? He has the ball skills to cover in his zone. He loves contact. Offensively, his potential is only limited by McVay's imagination. So, so go ahead. So most importantly – his primary uh, the re- the primary reason the Rams would draft him would be as a starting safety, so you I, pair him up with someone else, uh, and then they added the the next thing he I could see realistically him uh, participating in his kick returns, punt returns and kick returns, and then realistically he might give the Rams the ability to maybe activate one less running back on game day than they normally would if he's, you know, is, is it realistic that he could learn the playbook as a rookie, the offensive playbook as a rookie, if we are assuming he's starting at one of the safety spots? That so, I don't know. So excellent segue. Um, so let's start with with one of the Ram updates. So we know Ronnie Rivers got tendered, correct? So Ronnie Rivers is back in the fold. And we talked about the running back room at our last segment. So what do we have? We have Iron Kyron. We have Rivers. We have the kid from Ole Miss, Evans, right? This is a great fit for that number four RB role, right? I honestly believe that Vaki could be a phenomenal running back. No question about it. He has the long distance speed, whether or not he has the wiggle to play, uh, to, to be like a, a feature back, that's a different story. But the kid is tough as nails. So you're right. The idea is that he can contribute in that arena if, just like what happened at Utah, when they do call his numbers, he's ready. He's also a great receiver out of the backfield. So let's look ahead somewhere down the line. Could he spell uh, Iron Kyron uh, some great plays out of the backfield, screens, let him leak out of the backfield, let him get downfield? Listen, the kid is a home run hitter regardless of where you put him on offense. There's and I no guess he's – I'm, I'm going to take an educated guess. He's also uh, good at pass blocking. Yep, very, very willing pass blocker, very physical. So there's a, that's the problem. I think he's, he's a victim of his own skill set. He's so good at everything he does. And at Utah, the coaches admitted that. They didn't know how to utilize him early on. They really didn't. And he was just a natural fit at safety right? That sort of hybrid safety linebacker role. So for me, I think he's a slam dunk. This is Puka part two. He would fit for the Rams in a lot of different arenas. I think I could see him right off the bat 
playing uh, on defense uh, with a night in that safety rotation. Listen, we, we know we got one starter. That's Lake. That kid's he's not coming out of the lineup. No question about it, right? Right. And so we've done some mock drafts. You did one. I've done a few. And I think it's pretty clear at this point that the Rams, uh, they have a pick 100. And is it pick 152, 153? Yeah. And he's going to go somewhere in between those two picks. So if the Rams are going to have a shot at him, they either have to use that late third round pick or they have to find a way into the fourth round. So, and, you know, and you know what the scary thing is? He's going to absolutely, absolutely light up the combine. Yeah. And that's one of the time. reasons we wanted to do this before the combine so that uh, we can prep all of our uh, viewers and listeners of what they might, guys they might be looking for at the combine. We're predicting who is going to um, elevate their, their name at the combine, basically. And okay, this kid, he's going to interview lights out. I mean, he's just going to be fantastic. Immediate contributor, special teams, no question about it. He could he could right away return kicks for us. He could cover kicks, and he can definitely get into the safety hybrid linebacker mix. Uh, like I said, heat-seeking missile on defense. And then let's see how he develops in that running back room, right? What he brings it, to the game. How sweet would it be to have uh, Fuwaga, uh, Nakua, and Vaki all out there on offense together? Yeah. We can Polynesian only dream. Power, baby. Polynesian yeah. power all the way. Yeah. All right. Okay. You want to move on to our next guy? Is it the inside linebacker from Kentucky? Is that who you wanted to talk about next? Um, yeah. So let's talk about one of my other favorites. We talked about him at the draft. Trevin Wallace, the linebacker from Kentucky. Uh, another, I think, another great fit for the Rams. Uh, right now, he is listed as a day three, but once again, I think he's going to blow up the combine. Tell you honestly, wait, let me tell you why. So he is rocked up. They got him listed as 6'1", 240. Uh, in high school, he had uh, he was a two-way player, linebacker, played multiple spots on offense. Listen to this, Mark. He was a track and field athlete. He competed in 100 meters, 200 meters, 110 hurdles. I jumped. Long jump and shot put. How's that sound? He was clocked at KU at Kentucky at two when he when he uh, I think this was in his junior year, two hundred forty one pounds. He was clocked at twenty two miles an hour on the GPS, which was comparable to the wide receivers on the team. His vertical jump thirty eight point five inches, power cleans three eighty and squats a little bit under six hundred. He was named one of the team captains, and he started all 12 games in his senior year. So right off the bat, Mark, are you impressed? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and where, where do you expect him to go in the draft? Is he – we talking fifth or sixth round at this point? I, I think he's going to fly up the boards. I think he's going to light up at the combine. When people watch his film, listen, he jumps out on film. Watch any Kentucky game, and you will just see him just jump out at you. He had 80 tackles, five and a half sacks, and one INT. He, um, I, I describe him as he's, you know, he's a high-energy linebacker prospect. This kid has just got sideline-to-sideline side speed, and he just plays hard. Whistle-to-whistle. Whistle, never, ever shuts it down. He's got fantastic – he's probably the, one of the most athletic linebackers in this class. Um, he hits like a runaway freight train. I just think when when I look at him and I just picture him next to Ernest Jones, it, the Rams' defense will take on a whole different dimension. 
The athleticism is just off the char- off the charts, and he does not have to come off the field. He is a legitimate three-down linebacker. Yeah, I guess the issue for the Rams, from the Rams' perspective, will be if they reduce the number of picks they have and go for quality, uh, you know, if they end up with eight or nine picks. My guess is, just my guess is, they may not draft an inside linebacker at all knowing this team. Right. But if they keep 10 or 11 picks, uh, they're going to scatter it all over uh, over all these position groups. And hopefully Wallace is a linebacker they come home with. He's an easy prospect to overlook. So even after the combine, I'm hoping he stays as one of our, what we like to call day three diamonds. So if he winds up being a day three diamond um, and the Rams see that, we saw that with Puka when they were like, the BYU is still on the board, right? So um, let's see. I think I think this kid is a legitimate, legitimate um, has a legitimate shot. And I think Vaki does as well to wind up on the Rams. Okay, next up, uh, we've talked about this guy a little bit. Take it away. We're talking about the uh, the big defensive tackle. And as you can see, my SEC bias is showing through, right, Mark? So we had our linebacker from Kentucky, and then we have what we call Mount McKinley, Jackson McKinley from the Aggies. This guy, uh, he was also in my mock, one of my favorite, favorite prospects in this draft. Jackson McKinley, uh, defensive tackle from Texas A&M, listed at 6'2", 325, uh, a true senior, came out of high school. He was the number one prospect in the state of Mississippi, Mark. All right? This year, he started all 12 games at defensive tackle, finished the season with 27 tackles, five and, an, five and a half tackles for loss, and three sacks. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but when you're playing the nose in the SEC, and you have five and a half tackles for loss and three sacks, that's saying a lot. He also served as the season-long team captain. Mark, we see a trend developing here. The things that, that captaincy criteria that we look for. Okay, once again, comes up to play. What I love about this kid is his durability. He started 40 games in four years at nose tackle. Okay, and in the SEC, that is not a small feat that is substantial overall this this is a a twitched up talented defensive tackle I think he has one of the highest ceilings at this particular position in the entire draft class when it comes to interior defensive tackle now not only can he anchor against the run if you watch his tape when he got a chance to you know to penetrate and get after it he was not able to be blocked one-on-one so you can use him uh, in a lot of different ways. You get you can get creative in an even front or an odd front, but you can use him at the three, the two eye, which the Rams love, that tight front. So you can use him at the three, that eagle uh, two eye, the one, or the zero. That type of scheme versatility in a, um, in a true run defender is very, very rare. Um, and if you think about it, what a front, Mark. Let's take a look at this, right? Left end, the conductor, Mount McKinley in the middle, and 99 problems on the right. I would take those three down linemen any time of the day. Same school as Bobby Brown, too. That's right. And we got yeah. Bobby Brown at depth. We keep Mount McKinley fresh. Listen, he can do a lot of damage, uh, not just defending the run, but getting after the passer. And that's and another, the- and another guy. Well, we. 
you picked him in our in your mock draft, our mock draft number four. Yes, I'm not did. sure. If, I'm not sure if that was the 100 pick or a fifth round pick. Fourth but, round. Yep, fourth round. Yeah, but uh, yeah, another guy that your Rams are going to have to. The Rams are going to have to find a way into the fourth round, or they're going to miss out on a lot of these prospects. And I think they will. Because a lot of these players, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? They might be, let's say, fifth round now or fourth round now, but after the combine, you never know. They're going to get elevated. So right. they have that first rounder, like I said. If they if they don't feel like they have that player that they love there at 19, move back, you know? There are yeah. going to be a lot of teams that will be willing to you know, take that 19 and give you – uh, maybe a two or a three or, or a couple right. of fours. Who knows? Go for it and load yeah. up on these type of players. These type of players, and the reason we're doing this segment is to show you it, there is a theme here, the intangibles. Puka really highlighted for a lot of people the importance of the intangibles and not just what you see at the combine, not just what you see with the 40 time. It is that competitiveness, that hyper-competitiveness, I should say, right? That desire to win, but more importantly, the desire to be better, the desire to fit into a team concept and the willingness to fit into a team concept. Okay. The next guy up, I'm going to let you handle his last name. Um, another defensive lineman. Oh yes. My buddy from Alabama, the SEC love continues, right? Justin Iboigbe. Right, he's listed as 6'5", 292. Uh, he played four. Uh, I have him listed as playing in fourteen games in twenty three. Came up uh, probably his best year: seven and a half sacks, eleven and a half tackles for losses. In his career, started fifty six games at Alabama. Five years uh, he played there at Alabama. He lost most of twenty two to injury. Uh, but was named to the All-SEC First Team this year by the SEC Conference coaches, and that really stands out to me. The coaches recognize so the the teams that he played against, the coaching staff recognized the importance of this kid and what he brought to the table uh, for Alabama. This kid plays big in big games. Every big Alabama game, he came through. He's a very good run defender with impressive upper body strength. He's got those long arms that I love. And as you see, like uh, Mount McKinley, he's 6'2", 325. We mentioned the conductor. We mentioned Donald. We have a lot of those low to the ground, you know, 6'2", 300, 6'2", 290 penetrators. But this kid is that long um, D lineman that we haven't had, right, Mark, for a long time. Um um, he's criticized for not having an advanced pass rush move to go to. Um, but as a 3-4 end with length, I think he would be perfect for the Rams. He definitely has pass rush for pass rush potential when you watch him. Uh, he's described as stiff. I don't really see that. I see a, a much more uh, twitch. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do, like I've said before, when you play in a confined system, let's say if your job is to shut down a particular gap or play run defense, um, I think that does sort of, you know, take away from um, the pass rush potential. I think he fits perfectly for the Rams as a rotational D lineman with length. He reminds me, Mark, a, a shorter Michael Brockers. And I know how you and I are both Michael Brocker fans. Yeah, I miss that guy. We really uh, lost something when he left. Um, and, that, oh. and that length is important. Think about it. When you bull rush and you just put your arms up and you're 6'5", Listen, a tipped pass, that's as good as a sack. 
Who you got next? Uh, one of my favorite players in this draft, man. I love this kid once again, LSU. I love LSU linemen. The Tigers know what they're doing. Um, and this kid is Jordan Jefferson. He is listed as 6'3", 320. Um, he played in all 12 games. He lo- uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He was a transfer from West Virginia in 22 and then transferred to LSU. So this was his first year at LSU. In 22, as he pl- he logged in at 12 games, 553 snaps for the Mountaineers. He added 18 tackles, seven assists. Uh, as a pass rusher, he tallied 12 total pressures, eight quarterback hurries, and three sacks. He transferred to LSU as a fifth-year senior, played in 12 games, took part in 379 snaps for the Tigers, but started the final six games at defensive tackle for the Tigers. He finished first among all LSU defensive linemen in tackles. Not bad, right? Seven TFL and two and a half sacks. In total, he's played in 55 college games. He's This guy is just an absolute road warrior. Um, his highlight moment, probably everybody remembers, he had that, um, he sacked that Wisconsin quarterback uh, late in the game, in the in the bowl game, forced a fumble, and he sealed the victory. So what I love about this kid is he has a great first step for a player his size. Uh, even if you didn't watch the senior bowl, if you go back to the one-on-one drills, which I think is a little unfair to the offensive lineman, to be honest with you, but if you watch um, those one-on-one drills as a D lineman, he was very, very consistent. He got off quickly, had a great first step. But what I like about him, he showed multiple ways to win. He wasn't just going to one move. He wasn't just going relying on speed. He wasn't just relying on bull rush. He's not a slow, lumbering nose tackle, as some people might perceive him. He's got get up and go. Uh, he needs to work on his technique. But overall, he has all the other intangibles that you would want in an interior D lineman for the Rams. I think he would be great on uh, the Rams' interior rotation. Um, I could see him doing the zero, the one, the two I, right? Easily would be fantastic at the one or the two I, because, like I said, he has much more in terms of penetration skill than people are giving him credit for. He's also incredibly strong. If you watch him, the way this kid takes on um, and absorbs double teams, um, right now he plays a little high, but everything else, great interviews, great personality, great temperament. I think he would fit in great with the Rams. Yeah, those are the types of guys the Rams like for sure. Um, and you talk about, you're talking about really strong defensive linemen. What about this next guy on our list? Oh, yeah. So once again, we were in the draft. Uh, we did the mock, and he was one of the players I was really excited about. And and Mark was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I got to do some research on this guy. And Mark was impressed by certain achievements, and I'm going to read them off. So Gabe Hall is a player out of Baylor. He's listed as 6'5", 290, 295, somewhere between there. He was listed on the – he was number 45 on a list of exceptional athletes, NCAA athletes, they do what they call the freak list. He benches 500 pounds. He squats 565. He cleans 365. 
and deadlifts 750. Mark, this is my favorite one. You ready? He hit 19.9 miles per hour on the GPS. Urban yeah, legend. Those weightlifting measurements are, that's the same. That's what I do. Just move the decimal place over one to the left. That That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's pretty right. impressive. I, I'll join you in that category as well, right? These numbers, for those of you in Ram Nation, are absolutely astounding. And then to have the quickness to hit almost 20 miles an hour, this this is why I love this kid. Yeah. And this is why when we do these segments, people say, well, then how, explain. How does that happen? Well, at Baylor, he's playing in a, in a four-point stance 90% of the time. Right, because they run that three four, and he's his job is to really shut down the line of scrimmage. That's his job, and to let the linebackers do all the work and make all the tackles. Right, but that's what we're talking about when you talk about scheme fit. He brings a lot more to the table than if you just look at his stats. Now he's just salivating at the opportunity to show off his skills at the combine, right? Because when they see this, but not only when they see him run the forty. But when they see him do everything else, they're going to be like, holy cow, this guy can play. So overall, he, um, once again, Ram Nation, are we seeing a theme? Guys that have played multiple seasons, that have the durability, that have that explosive athleticism. Okay? He started 47 games, 12 and a half sacks in his career, 16 and a half tackles for losses, solid run defender. His strength at the point of attack and arm length just basically stand out when you watch him. He's hard to move one on one. He's got a. Uh, everybody was talking about the senior bowl. He flashed uh, some pass rush moves, a cross move, a cross chop, arms rip move. He was able to escape blocks. Um, he's got a really nice base when he plays against the run. Um, like I said, he's spent a lot of time in the three four at Baylor. So I think he's a great fit for the Rams, but more importantly, he's able to he's able to run, has great feet. He's still raw when he comes to the pass rush, but we're starting to see a lot of these moves. He's got these long arms. Um, I, I think he's going to have no problem generating pass rush and getting sacks at the next level. Um, so there, there's so there's four straight defensive linemen that you've yeah, named here. Absolutely. Uh, who who's your favorite of those four? If you had to pick one, if I had to pick one, Mount McKinley is my favorite. Okay, Mount yeah, and yeah. and that's probably the area of biggest need for the Rams. Oh yeah, he yeah he would solve that that run along the defensive line, anyways. Absolutely, I, I think Gabe Hall. I think he's another one. Even after a great combine, I think he might still wind up like you were saying, like maybe round four. I think oh. he might be able to sneak up into round three. Listen, put put this guy. Um, anywhere from, I think, left the defensive end or right defensive end, he'd be fine. He could also play the nose. I did watch his reps at nose tackle. He was able to play the nose. He did great. So I just think he'd be fantastic. He fits the Ram system. I think he could play the five, the four I. I think he could do the three, you name it. He's just just a great defensive lineman with length, with length uh, a la Michael Brockers. Okay. And uh, by the way, um, let's see, Jefferson from LSU, Brockers from LSU, right? Yeah. Yeah. SEC pride, baby. Yeah. So um, everybody knows my bias towards safeties as well. I love safeties. 
But, you know, Mark had mentioned all these linemen. Listen, football is one in the trenches. So when you invest in the, in, in the O-line and the D-line, the results are based basically pretty much straightforward, right? It's right there for everybody to see. This is a player that I absolutely love, which I think is, he's also going to do well at the Combine, incredible athlete. Um, his name is Cole Bishop, 6'2", 205, multi-year starter for the youth. He came over as a true freshman in 21. And early on, he was used largely as a box defender. Um, but right away, the coaches said that they could see he, he just had that desire for contact. Um, he played high safety this year, and he produced in a big way. Uh, 60 tackles, three sacks, two INTs. Uh, let me just run down Cole Bishop for you. 29 starts in three years. Once again, we're seeing that trend, right? Multi-year player, right? Uh, he was a senior bowl invite. 23 College Football Network All-American second team, 23 Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist, three-time Pac-12 All-Conference. He had two games with 10-plus tackles, both coming against Florida in 22 and 23, 12 and 11 respectively. Uh, This year led the secondary with 60 tackles, had 6.5 TFL, three sacks. uh, He had nine, uh, nine third down stops. Tied for most on the team. What does that tell you, Mark? Nine third down stops. He also defended five passes, two INTs, three pass breakups, forced a fumble, and had two had two uh, fumble recoveries. This is a great prospect. He is a physical safety with solid ball skills and scheme versatility. Now he he's going to he's going to go before Vaki, right? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, his ball skills will probably put him ahead of Vaki, right? Vaki, like I said, he's you know his biggest detriment is that he does everything well and doesn't have like one single niche to sort of draw upon, which I think is the wrong way to look at him. I think a lot of people that are looking at him are looking at him the wrong way. I think he's a great hybrid safety linebacker. I think he's a hybrid safety. I think he could, like I said, he's a contributor. How many players can impact the game in three phases, in all three phases, at any one, at any one given moment? Not many. Oh. So I think that's his true value, really what it is, is that his true value is that he's going to impact all three phases of the game at any given moment. And whereas Bishop is more of a cover safety. Absolutely. Uh, cover safety, box safety. Uh, and that's his, uh, that's his real selling point, I think. He can play it any way you need it. He can mix it up in the box. He can track the ball downfield. He needs to clean up his tackling. He just loves to come down like a heat-seeking missile and sometimes doesn't break down. But also, a lot of times, he won't go for the INT. He'll go for the big hit. And we see that a lot with the safeties coming out of college. So I think you know he is a player that is definitely going to benefit from NFL coaching. You know He's definitely going to be able to generate more turnovers in the NFL than he did in college. I, I see him as a future ringleader for a secondary. He's got he's got the intangibles. He's got the leadership ability. And Mark, can we stop for a moment? Quentin Lake, strong safety. Bishop, free safety. Is that not a fantastic duo? Yeah, yeah. Um, now you're. How do you feel about Quentin Lake vacating that star position? Would you rather no. keep him there and? You know what I think? I think nowadays, and we saw that in the Detroit game when they were just targeting Hoyt 
They kept throwing the ball to his side until, you know, the Rams decided that they were going to stop it. You know, when I think when you have two safeties that can jump down and do that, right, that can jump down and cover. So you have two players that can, uh, you know, theoretically play the star, right? Uh, I think you have a lot of scheme versatility. Do I think Quentin Lake would be better off outside of the star? Probably, right? Only because he can give you so much in other arenas. And then you can find somebody that maybe uh, might be more adept at the cover part of it. He did prove that he can cover. It's no, in no way are we critiquing his ability to cover. I'm just saying that he could bring more in a lot of other arenas to the Rams. Yeah, and I wish we knew what the Rams were thinking in that regard with Johnson and and Fuller free agents. What are they going to do with Quentin Lake? Do they see Yeast as a full-time starter potentially? I know they – Interesting. They kind, of, they kind of benched him a little bit for a while there. Um, then they brought him back. Uh, do, yeah. Do you, see, do you see yeast almost in that Nick Scott mold? Yeah, right? I, I, I guess. I'm just not sure if I, I'm not sure if he's what I would call a really good safety at this point. Um, yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I didn't see enough of him. I didn't go back and watch closely. I basically I was just reading what others were saying about yeast. I thought he was playing well early on in his career. Uh, and then I started to, there's some people were kind of uh, down on him. And I think the Rams coaching staff was down on him a little bit. Um, and I, but and hey, I, think I, a, I, I think that's a great example though, Mark, that you brought up with yeast though. So think about it. If he's playing in that dime spot, how many plays is he actually getting in on? Right. So there are guys that maybe only contribute 19 plays in a game, but that's substantial, correct? So I think the way that the offense in the NFL has sort of progressed, that defenses have to be – you have to have flexibility and versatility. That is a priority. If you do not have that, they will dissect you and dice you in a heartbeat. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, just going off on a tangent here, and this is one of my pet peeves. Uh, a lot of people don't realize Russ Yeast, a seventh round pick, is actually a very good draft pick. You know, he's he's contributed uh, out of the seventh round there. So give that, the Rams that, credit for that. That's the whole point of the segment. What about uh, what about Quentin Lake? Yeah, right. You talk about playing a star position. How many? Do you know how, what kind of talent level you need to have to play the star position? Yeah, what kind he's, of that? And he seems like I saw an interview of him. You don't see a lot of interviews of players like him, you know, not marquee type players. Super intelligent guy, really smart. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say everyone on this list, like for example, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Cole Bishop was also an academic uh, honor award winner as well. I uh, about three or four of the guys that I just mentioned were also received academic accolades as well. Hey, but go. I was go going ahead. to go off on another tangent, and it's not part of this segment, but remember my my buddy, Lad McConkie? Yeah. He was the uh, winner of the Werfel Award, and I didn't know what that was, and I looked it up, and it's uh, something to the effect of the best uh, combination of athletic, community service, uh, academics, the whole, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. The whole shebang. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to be a great player. And so, a lot of a lot of teams now have this award. It's called uh, uh, Community Service uh, Leader Award, right? Community Service right. Leader Award. I think a lot of the SEC teams have that. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. And and that's really what we're doing when we purposely call this the Puka Power Players. These are the players that bring a lot more to the table than just on the field. 
They yeah. are in terms of what they bring to the community as role models to the other players on the team. You know, just creating that culture that we're talking about, that winning culture, not just about winning games, but winning in life. And, and that's a that's a big deal if you think about it, that sometimes yeah. it's overlooked in the world of professional sports. Yeah, and that's why I was a big fan early on of Tremaine Ankrum. I don't yeah. know if you you heard yeah. the stories about him. Yeah. His rookie season, he was on the bench, uh, not getting any playing time that, that I'm aware of. And they found, he didn't, no one even knew. He was down there on weekends in downtown LA helping feed the homeless. Yeah, and that's so, exactly yeah. what we're talking about. That's right. exactly what we're talking about. Okay, so we uh, we had our we talked enough about Bishop. Now this next guy, this next cornerback, I did take a moment to look at his tape and talk about a feisty cornerback from the, the a little bit I did see. Uh, take it away on um, uh, Devonshire for us. MJ Devonshire. So I had to put him on here because my buddy went to Pitt, and we watch the Pitt games sometimes, um, and we we always laugh. Uh, about that um so because the pit uniforms look a lot like the ram uniforms and we're both ram fans so what's really great about that before i go into devonshire i just want to highlight when we started to see the theme as we went through all these players right the team captaincy a lot of the awards multi-year starter the durability right maybe not getting all the glory because of for whatever reason maybe scheme that they play in but the productivity is definitely there this is a guy Whenever we would watch, he would just jump out at us. You talk about a feisty corner. This, this, if there's one characteristic of every player on my list, hyper competitive. That is exactly what we want. The ultimate road warrior. That's what we want. And he's listed as five line, five eleven, one ninety. There's no way he's one ninety, but you know we'll give him that five eleven, one ninety. This kid uh, is just an absolute joy to watch. Uh, came, uh, he had a great career at high school, uh, went to a Pennsylvania powerhouse. Mark, another trend, three sports stand out in high school, football, basketball, and track. Uh, he played defensive back at football, wide receiver, and he returned kicks. As a senior, the team went 14 and one, and, and they won, I think the three, a championship. Um, he, he had 27 catches for 50, 571 yards. He scored 24 total touchdowns. He scored four different ways his final season. Mark, let me say that again. He scored four different ways his senior year uh, playing football. 24 total wow. touchdowns. Eight interceptions on defense. Uh, and he had three in the state title game. Mark, wow. he had three INTs in the state title game. Eight kickoff or punt return touchdowns. And that was one short of the national high school record. He had five return touchdowns that were, and that were nullified by penalties. So he would have had another five. Yeah, um, he, I, I was going to say uh, in camp, uh, if he's covering, if the Rams draft him and he's tackling Puka in camp, they're going to have to separate him every time. But if he's but if he's returning kicks uh, in, in camp or during the season, you know he's going to take it to the house. So that he's absolutely electric. What I loved in high school, he was named the uh, player of the year uh, by the football writers. Okay. He was also voted athlete of the year, high school athlete, and set, averaged more than 17 points per game in basketball. Okay. Won two track titles, 100 and 200 meters when he was in high school. All right. So you got this storied 
high school career, he actually wind up once again, SEC mark. He actually went to Kentucky, right? And then wound up transferring to Pitt. Since he's been at Pitt, his career has been nothing but about making clutch plays, right? Um, he had a clutch interception in this 21 season, which was his first career interception against North Carolina, which sealed the win. He finished that 21 season with 17 tackles, three pass deflections, one INT. But he's best remembered for that famous what? What do they call it, Mark? The pit six. The interception against West Virginia in that famed backyard brawl. He intercepted the pass, returned it for 56 yards as Pittsburgh beat uh, uh, WV. Um you know, he was named ACC Defensive Player of the Week four times. He finished the 22 season with 34 tackles, eight pass deflections, three INTs, and two touchdowns. He also returned 24 punts, one for a touchdown. And he's another guy that's probably going to go, my guess, looking at my uh, draft board here, probably another fourth-round guy, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Some people have him as low as round six. He's one of those guys that can get easily, easily overlooked. You know, his senior year, he played really well. Um, he was, once again, second team all ACC. So that's two years in a row, junior year, senior year. Like I said, knack for the big play, can contribute as a returner and as a cornerback in his career. 38, uh, what, what did he have? 46 uh, punt returns. 347 yards and a touchdown in his career at um, Pitt. Eight INTs, three he took to the house. So what do you, what do you have here? You have a kid with a lot of potential. Um, you know he's physical enough against the run. He has to work on his tackling, no question about it. When you watch a Pitt game, he just jumps out at you, right? And that's the first thing you said, right? When you yeah. watch him, just feisty. Um, he's at always challenging the uh, the high point of the catch against receivers. And listen, uh, listen, they were outmanned uh, on a, in a lot of games. They were when you watch the Pitt games, you know. And this is a lot of Aaron Donald love, right? Because of Pittsburgh, so AD ninety nine. Oh, right. yeah. So I think, like I said, he can contribute. I'm hoping even after the combine, he stays in that late round range. I think he can, you know, fly under the radar a little bit. Rams pick him up add him to that room, whatever role he contributes in, whether it's dime, nickel, maybe down the road as a surprise starter, he's going to contribute. He's going to make big plays. And that's one thing the Rams need out of their secondary in that zone is you have to be able to make those big plays. INT, even better, INT and take it to the house. Trammell was thankfully was not tendered Ram Nation. Can we all just go, thank goodness. (laughs) Travel was not tendered, so I have so far two candidates for guys that can contribute on defense, but also return kicks. Not just fair catch. Not just fair catch. Actually do something when they catch the (laughs) ball. That's going to do it this episode remember you can reach us at rams up podcast at gmail.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there